how are you doing today? Yep, I am back. Today I'm doing something really interesting, I think. I am busy recording a podcast and at the same time I'm recording the video for the podcast. So you might be able to see the microphone. No, you don't see the microphone. There is a huge microphone in front of me where I'm recording the podcast for the um, audio part of it. And instead of then putting the audio on YouTube, I can now actually put the video on YouTube. So that is something new that I'm trying today. I'm talking to you today for a few reasons. Number one is that I, I've been thinking about my sense of spirituality a lot. And the reason for that is that I've been getting some questions about my sense of spirituality. Now, I know that I've spoken in the previous episode about spirituality and I told my story. I related the whole, I related the whole story, the, the, the drugs, the coming into recovery, um, principle of my higher power, Natura. But it dawned on me that I didn't say a lot about what I believe spirituality is for me and specifically how I, how I practice it. I do apologize, it's close to Tyson's um, lunchtime, so he is shouting for his food, as if he hasn't eaten in a week. Anyway, that's just Tyson. We love him as he is. <laughs> Guys, okay. So I had a, an interesting conversation with a new sponsee yesterday. Sorry, Saturday. Today is Monday. And I said to him what I've come to believe, that for me, spirituality is it is the thing that takes the noise away and i thought about it a lot since i've said it and and i I really think that that is what i mean what spirituality is for me i have spoken to my psychiatrist a few times about the fact that i think that i suffer from adhd that no, not ADHD, ADD, um, Attention Deficit Disorder. I definitely don't, I don't think I have the hyper part. Well, frankly, she doesn't think that I have Attention Deficit Disorder at all. Because I am very, very forgetful. I am very absent-minded and I'm very much not present. And the absent-minded and not present thing comes out a lot with me. I'm just not aware of what I'm busy doing. Things like while I would while I'm cooking, I would I would do ridiculous things. I can't follow a recipe. I, I forget to put some ingredients in because I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing. Mostly, I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm somewhere else. Um, this head is really really busy. I can't tell you with what though, because I'm I'm not a warrior. I don't worry about stuff. I used to. I used to be a huge, huge, huge warrior. Um, since I've been in recovery and since I have been following the 12 steps and the principles in that, I have learned to hand stuff over. So I don't, I just don't worry about stuff anymore. I take the action that I can and I turn it over. But my head is still busy. Something else that I used to do a lot, which I don't do anymore at all, is have conversations in my head. 
I don't know whether you'd like that, but for me, when, when I was upset, I would have these conversations in my head about, I'm going to say that to that person, and he or she's going to say that, and then I'm going to say that, and then that's going to happen. And I would also end up, I would invariably end up being the hero during these conversations. And what I've discovered in recovery is that those conversations are not real. And the deal that I've made to myself is that unless I plan to really have that conversation, then I shouldn't be having the conversation in my head at all. So what I do now is when this conversation comes up, when I start saying I'm going to say that, then I just say, are you going to have this conversation real? Invariably, the answer is no, because invariably I'm powerless over what has happened. I'm powerless over what's going to happen. Um, it was all an ego ego type of thing because I would always be the hero in this conversation. I, I would always come out on top. And that's just not how life works. Unless you're a complete bloody arsehole, which I try my utmost not to be, um, then the reality is that this conversation is not going to happen and especially not in the way that I'm playing it off in my head. So the deal that I've made for myself in recovery is that if I'm not going to have the same conversation in real life, then I'm not going to have the conversation. So I clear that mind space and I try to be more present. Anyway, so I, so I spoke, I think the video froze for a minute, but I think we're back. So I spoke to my psychiatrist about the ADD thing because I thought maybe that is why I'm not present and why my mind is going like that. And her theory is that I don't have ADD, but that I suffer from anxiety because I do suffer from depression, as you all know, and that my head is going like that because of, of a latent anxiety that I have. So she increased my antidepressants, hoping that I will be more present and the head will be slower. <clears throat> Sorry about that. And I can't say that it worked. Eh? I am definitely still very busy in my head. I am still accident prone because I'm not present, that I'm not concentrating. And one thing I can say about it is that I possibly don't worry about it that much anymore, <laughs> thanks to the antidepressants. <laughs> that doesn't mean that... My <clears throat> Sorry about this. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that that the people around me are, more, are happier with it or don't worry about it anymore as well. And that's just what it is. But as I said, what I during this conversation with the sponsee yesterday, on, Sunday, on, Monday, on Saturday, I said to him that spirituality for me is the thing that takes the noise away. And whatever it is that takes that noise away, that is for me living in the spirit that for me is something that i do that connects me with my higher power and takes me out of self it takes me out of my head and a lot of times that also means that it takes my head out of my ass it sounds awful it's such an awful saying isn't it but i love it because it means so much to me because for most of my life I was walking with my head up my ass, not seeing other people, not knowing what's happening around me, not taking cognizance of other people, not taking cognizance of my surrounding. Um, 
being in a dark space where everything smelt like shit, but not doing anything about it because my head was up my ass. So coming into recovery, I was taught to pull my head out of my ass, wipe the shit out of my, out of my eyes, and look life and look life in the eye and live life, take responsibility for life. And that I really like. But the process of becoming quiet is a process where I connect with my higher power, where I, I use things in my life to bring me to a place where I am more aware of what's happening around me, where I am more aware of how I feel, what I think, and then becoming aware of whether my thoughts and my feelings are based in reality. I don't want to say real, because whatever I feel is real. That is my feeling. It, can't, it cannot not be justified, because that is how I feel. What I need to look at is whether that feeling is based in reality. Am I feeling angry because my neighbor didn't greet me in the street in front of my house earlier today? Or am I feeling disrespected because I wasn't greeted? Or am I not taking in consideration that he was actually speaking to another neighbor and didn't see me? So therefore, the anger that I'm feeling or the disrespect that I might be feeling, it's not based in reality. He was talking to somebody else, he didn't see me. Now what would normally happen in my head was, neighbor didn't greet me. So what did I do wrong? Was it about the cat getting out the other day and making a noise in front of his house? Was it because the gardener that I arranged for him yesterday didn't do a good enough job in his garden? Well, whatever the, the, the case is, my head has the ability to go to complete, absolute crazy spaces. So when I ask myself, is the feeling that I'm experiencing, is this based in reality? Then I have to look at reality and say that he was actually busy talking to somebody else. Or he might be on his phone or whatever. So there's a huge possibility that he didn't see me. And once I bring that reality into the situation... Then I can say to myself, he didn't greet me because he didn't see me. And that disempowers all the other stuff. That quiets the head. So I'm trying to, to bring reality into the picture. A friend of mine always says reality used to be a friend of his. What I discovered is that in the way I want to live my life today, reality needs to be a friend of mine. I have no choice. I need to focus on reality. I need to focus on what is, not what can be or what has been. The reality is what is. And that is what I need to base my emotions on. And that is what I need to base my thought process on. Because once I don't do that, then I open myself up to endless possibilities in my head. You know that feeling of, I wonder why that person did that. Was it because of that or was it because of that or was it because of that? I had an excellent sponsor at some stage of my life who taught me that it serves absolutely no purpose 
to question somebody's motivation. Because we will never know what their motivation is. Now, think about the time and energy you spend questioning other people's motivations for doing things. Now, think about the time and energy you save by not questioning their motivation. <laughs> it, it, it is quite huge, isn't it? <laughs> the amount of headspace that's freed up. So what I do these days is when I start going, kind of, so why, why did that happen? Or I wonder why they did that. And I have to be very careful in my practice because I, I tend to want to know from clients what they think other people's motivations were. For instance, my mother ignored me as a child. Why do you think she did that? How would the client know why, why their mother did that? What you can do is, what was reality? What happened that that is what you observed? So, it's really important for me to be in reality. To focus on what is and not what I think might be, what might have been, what could have been, what should have been. There was this awesome guy that taught me a, a step group while I was in tertiary treatment. Rest his soul. He passed away last week from a heart attack. Um, Fanny, may you rest in peace. Fanny taught me that I need to ban the words should, could and would from my vocabulary. Because the minute I ask those questions, I'm not in reality. So, in a very big way, reality is a huge part of my spirituality. To be in the real, that is for me spirituality. And once I'm in the real, once I'm in the, in the year and the now, then the noise goes away of what could have been, what should have been, what might be, what are they thinking, so that opens me up a lot to be present for what is actually happening. For how do I really feel? What am I really thinking? Another thing that I do to be more in the moment and to take the noise away is obviously meditation. And I've spoken about my journey with meditation here a lot and after eight years, more than eight years of, of meditating, I can honestly say that it's only recently that, that I really feel that I'm getting benefits from meditation. And that is through a meditation app called Insight Timer, as you will know by now. If you don't know it now, you'll never know it. Um, anyway, I use Insight Timer and it really has connected me so well to meditation, to the, to the concept of being present and being quiet in the meditation space to accept what is in that space um, and to accept me as I am in that space. And that has, I see that as a huge exercise of connecting with, with my higher power, with Natura. If anything, I think that can still, that there's still a lot of work that, that can be done in that respect, but I don't really know what the work is. But I really believe that when I pray, I ask for, I ask Natura for stuff, 
And what I really, really try to do is when I pray is to not ask for anything specific. What I ask for is for knowledge of Natura's will for me and for the power to carry that out. And that is such a wide spectrum of things. But what I like about that is that it brings, it takes the ego out. Because once I ask for specific things, Natura, I want an end result. I want this. I want that. Then my ego, it comes into place. And I like the saying that says, ego stands for edging God out. So once I'm focusing on the end result that I want and I ask for that end result, then I'm disregarding the fact that there might be another option, there might be another outcome. And I'm, 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 I'm closed-minded to the fact that the outcome that I think I don't want might in the longer term serve me far better than the short-term end result that I thought I needed or that I thought I wanted. So during meditation, the one thing that I would like to, to, to concentrate on more or focus on more or become still more to allow that to happen is to listen to Natura. Because as I said, prayer I see as asking, but meditation is the process where we become quiet and we listen. I often jokingly, but I'm very honest, I'm very real when I talk about this, is that I think God and our higher powers get very, very frustrated with us because we tend to ask for stuff, we ask for answers, but we never get quiet to listen to the bloody answer. How am I going to... It's like sitting and being a student. Not understanding something, putting your hand up, asking the lecturer for, 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 for the answer or for clarity of an explanation. And the minute the lecturer starts talking to you, start going onto your phone and reading WhatsApp or talk around and speaking to a, to, a, to a fellow student. How can we expect to get the answer if you don't become quiet to listen to what is said to us? So meditation has definitely become a a, a huge part of my of, 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 of my spirituality and, and one of the tools I use to practice spirituality. What else is spirituality for me? Spirituality is the principles as prescribed by the 12 steps. And that's things like there's Tyson again. Surrender. Um, I didn't know what surrender even meant. I don't think, I don't even know where I really knew the word when I came into recovery. But what it ultimately means for me is to, to accept that I'm not in control. And that what I can do as Freddie is to take the necessary action, but to surrender the end result, to turn the end result over, to accept what's going to be is going to be. And I can't do anything more about that. And that is also a huge thing in taking the noise away for me. Because I would take the necessary action, but then be constantly busy in my head to play the scenario through, to see what else I should have done, could have done, would have done, what might happen, what might not happen, and if that happens, how am I going to react? What I do now is I take the action, I turn the end result over. I surrender the end result. And I surrender to accepting the end result. A huge part of, of, of my spirituality today 
is acceptance. Acceptance what is. And one of the biggest thing of two of the biggest things on acceptance are acceptance of self. It was such a such a long such a long journey for me in life to to start accepting myself, really. I actually feel really incredibly sad if I think about how how hard I've been on myself and how I just did not want to accept myself. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing to eventually reach the point where, where I accept me. I am who I am. I am what I am. And I'm, I've been, I am perfect. I might not be perfect the way that I would like to be, but I'm definitely perfect the way I was made. I have a lot of defects, but those defects contributed to who I am. Those defects contributed to take me on a journey to become the person that I am today. And the person I am today, I am so incredibly grateful for. I really like me at the moment. I never thought that I could... <laughs> I could be the am I the, the person I am today? It sounds weird, but it it, it 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 really is like that. I always wanted to be somebody different. I always wanted to be different. I, I was never happy with what I had, with where I was. Today, I'm really content to be who I am, the way I am, where I am, what I'm doing. That's huge for me. And the other thing of acceptance that is paramount. To my spirituality is to accept my past. So I cannot change anything that happened in the past. I can't change the fact that Tyson mounted the door five seconds ago. I have to accept that. That's okay. So that's where the serenity prayer comes in so, so usually. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The day that I realized that my past falls in that category was such an enlightening moment for me. So today I try to accept my past as it is. And I, I, I really see very, very clearly how my past has contributed to the person I am today. And I'm so grateful for those things that happened in the past because they all contributed to the person that I really like today, that I'm very, very happy to be with. A person whom I love today. Something I never, ever thought could be possible. So acceptance as a spiritual principle is really, really, really important. And the third thing about acceptance is accept what is. One of the most fundamental phrases of recovery and life and recovery for me is that concept of it is what it is. If I can look at a situation and feel frustration or feel anger or feel hurt or feel whatever it is that I'm feeling, and I can say to myself that freely, it is what it is. It is just what it is. Ah, oh, you can't change it. Flip, that's awesome. <laughs> that is such a, such a powerful, such a powerful thing to learn in life. That it is what it is. And it's okay. It might not be the way that I want it to be, but it is okay. What other spiritual principles are there? Um... I love the three that are fundamental to recovery, which is open-mindedness, honestness, and willingness. We call it the how of recovery. Honesty, open-mindedness, willingness. 
I think the fundamental thing about honesty is self-honesty, which I find very, very difficult. And I can't be honest with myself unless I'm taking the noise away. Because for as long as there's a lot of noise going on, how can I hear the truth? How can I hear what's being said? How can I feel what's right if it's all muddled and fuzzled? So in order for me to become honest with myself, I need to be sure that I'm spiritually connected, that I'm connected with nature, that I'm connected with myself, with my feelings, with my sanity, with my stillness inside me. And then I can be honest with myself. And once I can be honest with myself, I can be honest with you. Something that was so bloody difficult. Today I find it, I find it difficult, but I really, really try to be as honest as I possibly can. And honestly for me, honesty for me has gone way beyond the concept of telling the truth. It is, today honesty for me is to live in integrity. To live in integrity with myself, with my partner, with with life, with, 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 with the universe, with nature. Um, part of my journey of becoming a vegetarian for me was living in integrity. Um, part of the concept of not buying a plastic bag for me is living in integrity. Not using a plastic straw is living in integrity. It's got nothing to do with honesty. But it's integrity. It's, it's, it's the way I want to live. The way I feel is the right way to live. Um, Open-mindedness for me has is... For me, it means to not be judgmental. To not judge a situation. To not judge a person. Again, to accept what is. And to accept that if things are not the way I want it to be, I could be open enough to look at another option, to, to have, get another way of looking at life, to look at the situation, and therefore change the way I feel and think about it, because I look at it differently. For me, that is open-mindedness. And with that goes acceptance. Acceptance of what is acceptance of other people. Acceptance of self. Willingness is the concept of <laughs> putting one foot in front of the other it's so weird to say that willingness is that but that is really what it is is to continue is to continue despite the fact that I, I don't want to the fact that I don't feel it's worth it um, to be willing to take that next step to see what, what the next moment holds to continue from the here to the then because something awesome might be, might be caught up there or something awful might be there but then I'm willing to take the lesson and to move on from there. So willingness for me has, 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 has honestly changed my life. Because I would rather have sat paralyzed by fear or by judgment and not be willing to, to, to see things differently to move forward. So willingness has really been a huge thing for me in my life. Then I'm going to end with um, um, the concepts of trust, hope and faith. Without trust, hope and faith in my life, I am absolutely nothing. I need to trust that what I'm doing is good enough. I need to trust that where I am is where I need to be. And I like to trust that now. I never ever had trust. You know that I always said that 
I hated when people asked me, where am I going to be in five years? I never even wanted to, 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 to plan an overseas holiday for in three years' time. So I couldn't trust myself that I would be, I would be there. I always said, but there's so many different things can, hap- can happen in life. How can you plan forward? Today I plan forward knowing that there's a shitload of stuff that could happen that might derail those plans. But I'm open-minded and willing enough to acknowledge that then I can make other plans. And those plans might be better than the ones that I had. Hope is... What is hope really? I'm going to be honest, that's one that I haven't really thought about that much. I think hope for me is today that Ah, that believing that I am doing what I need to do and that what I need to do and that doing that what I need to do, doing my high powers will basically, will bring to me what I believe I want. So I hope that I'm on the right track. Um is a, 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 it's nearly kind of an irrational belief that things will be okay. That's hope for me. And faith for me is, is believing that my higher power has my best will at heart. That it doesn't matter what happens in life, that I am being cared for. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what is happening around me. For as long as I have faith in, 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 a, in a God of my understanding, then I know that I will be okay, that I am being cared for. I love that word in, in recovery, that word care. It is such a powerful word. I see, I see a mother holding a newborn baby. And giving it, just fulfilling all its needs. And if I surrender my will and my life, I am being held like a newborn baby and my needs are being met. Not necessarily my wants, but definitely my needs. And that is good enough for me today. So, if that helps in any way, that is my sense of spirituality. What is what That's what I believe. And I look at my life today in terms of How did I used to do things? How did I not practice surrender, acceptance, honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, trust, hope and faith? And if situations come up today in my life, then I see how can I practice surrender, acceptance, honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, trust, hope and faith? And I choose to practice those things instead of living in fear and being paralyzed by what is and wanting to change what is. I hope that helps. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And have a most awesome day. Bye-bye.